following audio is from St Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people, and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer, and participation in your local church. For more information about St Nick's, directions, or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. Good evening. Today's Bible reading is taken from Micah chapter 4, verse 1, and I'm reading from the NIV version. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and peoples will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountains of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob, he will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go up from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into crooning hooks. Nation will take, not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own victory, and no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. In that day, declares the Lord, I will gather the lame, I will assemble the exiles and those I have brought to grief, I will make the lame my remnant, those driven away a strong nation. The Lord will rule over them in Mount Zion, from that day and forever. As for you, watchtower of the flock, stronghold of daughter Zion, the former dominion will be restored to you. Kingship will come to daughter Jerusalem. Why do you now cry aloud? Have you no king? Has your ruler perished? That pain seizes you like that of a woman in labour. Writh in agony, daughter Zion, like a woman in labour. For now you must leave the city to camp in the open field. You will go to Babylon. There you will be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you out of the hand of your enemies. But now many nations are gathered against you. They say, let her be defiled. Let our eyes gloat over Zion. But they do not know the thoughts of the Lord. They do not understand his plan that he has gathered them like sheaves to the threshing floor. Rise and thresh, daughter Zion, for I will give you horns of iron. I will give you hooves of bronze, and you will break to pieces many nations. You will devote their ill-gotten gains to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob, so we can learn his ways, so that we can walk in his paths. Hello everyone, my name is Miriam. I'm one of the ordinands here at St Nick's and I'm going to be exploring Micah 4 with you this evening. So as I begin, let us pray. Father God, we thank you that we can come together today to hear your word and explore it together. Holy Spirit, may our ears and hearts be open to hear from you this evening. Amen. So far in our series in Micah, 
we have learnt about Micah the refugee who asks, who is this God and why will knowing him transform us? We have learnt about the challenging hope there is to follow Jesus. We've heard about the destruction of Jerusalem when God's people refused to listen to him. But we've also seen that Micah and the prophets are not always straightforward to listen to or to read. And as I was preparing for this evening, I came across this quote from Luther. He says this about reading the prophets. They have a strange way of talking. Instead of proceeding in an orderly manner, they ramble off from one thing to the next. So you can't make head or tail of them. Now, I found this comforting to know that even some of our great theologians of the past found find reading Micah not straightforward. But it is worth persisting with the prophets because there's some great treasure hidden within. So I invite you to join me this evening to read Micah 4, to read it slowly and to listen to what God is saying to us. As we have already discovered over the past few weeks, Micah is a series of oracles, a series of visions that God gives him. But chapter 4 marks the start of a new section, the start of an oracle of hope. It comes in stark contrast to what has come before in chapter 3. We heard about last week the destruction of Jerusalem. But in chapter 4, we hear of the rebuilding of New Jerusalem. And Micah begins by describing how the Lord's temple will be built on the mountain, high above other mountains, and how people will stream to it. And as they come running, they will encourage other people to come with them, to join them as they go up to the mountain of the Lord. Because that's where God is going to teach them his ways, where God is going to teach them how to walk in the Lord's paths. Micah is talking about a day that is going to come, a day in the future, a time in the future when God's temple will be established on earth, a time in the future when people will be able to run towards God because they know his arms are open and he has overcome sin and death. This vision of Micah is also an invitation for us today, an invitation to go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob, to hear God teach us his way so we can learn how to follow in his paths. But what does it mean to go up to the mountain of the Lord? Why, um, what does it mean to walk in the way of the Lord? Fortunately for us, Micah tells us um, in this oracle three things that this means. Walking in the way of the Lord is walking in praise, it's walking in peace, it's walking in presence. But before we explore these three things a little bit further, why mountains? Why does he, they go up to the mountain of the Lord? Mountains are places away from people. They are quiet places. They are awe-inspiring places. If you've ever climbed a mountain, you may know that feeling when you reach the top and you take a moment to stop. Well, you might need to catch your breath, but you also take a stop to look around to look at the beauty and the majesty that is laid out before you. You can't help but see the beauty of God's creation. And throughout the Bible, we see mountains are a place of encounter with God. It's on a mountain that Moses meets with God and comes down his face radiating with the glory of the Lord. 
It's on a mountain that God whispers to Elijah. It's on a mountain where James, Peter and John see Jesus' transfiguration as he, and hear God say, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Mountains are places of encounter with God. But mountains also had great significance in the ancient Near East because they were understood to be the threshold between earth and the divine realm. They were raised up above the clouds and therefore seen as spiritual doorways to heaven. Therefore, it's not surprising they chose to build many of their temples on mountains because they wanted to be as close as possible to heaven. And chief among the mountains was Zion. Now, Zion itself wasn't actually the physically the biggest mountain, but it was considered to be the greatest, to tower above all other mountains metaphorically. So, to answer the why mountains question, are we invited up to the mountain of the Lord? Because mountains are places of encounter with God. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to go up to a mountain to encounter God today. Actually, there are loads of different ways that we can encounter God. But there is something significant about taking time to go somewhere quiet, to go somewhere away from people for the purpose of meeting with God. We also go to the Mount of the Lord, as Micah tells us, because that is where God will teach us his ways, where we can learn to walk in the way of the Lord. And following someone's lead means we have to know and trust them. I'm sure most of you will have been on a snowy or muddy walk when you've come across a part of the path where it looks slippy and you just don't know where to step, where's the best way to cross without falling over. And it's great, isn't it, when someone goes in front of us to navigate that way for us and all we have to do is follow them, to follow their footsteps, stepping where they step, because we want to go where they're going, so we follow them stepping where they step. I said earlier that Micah highlights three things that walking in the way of the Lord means. Walking in praise, walking in peace, walking in presence. So let's have a little think about those three things. First of all, walking in the Lord's way is walking in praise and prayer. In verse one of chapter four, we see Micah sees Zion he sees the new temple and then in verse 2 he hears the nations praising and he hears them encouraging one another to run up to the mountain of the Lord. Then in verses 3 and 4 he reflects on the transformation that this has, how they, what they have seen and heard will transform him. He says people will see the temple and their response will be to run to God. And that they will, more than that, they will encourage anyone they meet to join them and also be transformed. So walking in the way of the Lord is walking in praise. It's also walking in peace. Verse 3 also um, shows us how people handed in their swords for plows. They handed in their spears for hooks, their weapons for farm tools, war for peace. They even promised to never pick up a sword again or not even consider training for war again. They chose the way of peace. So walking in the Lord's way is walking in praise. It's walking in peace 
And it's also walking in the presence of God. Verse 5 tells us that people will walk in the way of their gods, but we, we will walk in the way of our Lord, who is our God forever and ever. And verses 6 and 7 tell us that walking in his presence, God will restore his people. He will regather them together and he will transform them. Because walking in the presence of God, you can't help but be transformed. But reading Micah today as a follower of Jesus, we can't help but notice how Micah's vision is fulfilled by Jesus. He begins chapter four, this new oracle of hope with the words, in the days to come. And we've started living in those days now. In the Old Testament, Zion was the place from which God spoke and act. But in the New Testament, Jesus is the place from which God speaks and acts. The temple in the Old Testament was a point of contact between heaven and earth. But in the New Testament, Jesus is a point where heaven connects with earth. And he continues to do link the divine and human realm today through the Holy Spirit. Therefore, all these three walking in praise, walking in peace, walking in presence, they're all walking in the way of Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, I am the way, the truth and the life. And he called his disciples to follow him, to learn to walk in his paths. And in fact, the first disciples, before they were ever called Christians, were called people of the way. Because they learned how to live life Jesus's way. They lived their lives by following Jesus, by following his way. And we too are called to walk with Jesus, to follow him and also learn how to walk in his paths. We are called to learn to walk in praise. We are called to learn to walk in peace. We are called to learn to walk in the presence of God. But are we following him? Are we stepping where he is stepping? Are we learning to walk his paths? Or are we walking our own path? Not looking at where Jesus is leading and trying to go it alone. Are we walking, learning to walk in praise? Or are we walking in criticism, moaning and complaining? Are we learning to walk in peace? Or are we walking in the path of destruction and violence, using our words and actions without any thought of how they might impact someone else, even if they might hurt someone else? Are we learning to walk in the presence of God, acknowledging he is walking with us both through green pastures and through valleys of the shadow of death? Or are we being our own ruler, ploughing ahead without seeking God's presence? Perhaps that this Lent, that what's left of Lent this year, is a time to go up to the mountain of the Lord. Now I know we aren't allowed to go very far at the moment, but perhaps we could find somewhere quiet, somewhere slightly removed away from people, and go to that place to encounter God, to meet with him and to listen to him as he teaches us his ways, so that we can walk in his paths. So come on, let's go together. Let's go up to the mountain of the Lord together, to the house of Jacob, so that God can teach us his ways, 
so that we can learn to walk in the way of the Lord's paths. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St Nick's Durham podcast. If you'd like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.